You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of the Hacking Humans podcast. This is an occasional series we call Hacking Humans Goes to the Movies. I'm Dave Bittner, and joining me is my CyberWire colleague, Rick Howard. Hello, Rick. Hey, Dave. Glad to be here. Great to have you back. On this show, Rick and I look at clips from some of our favorite cinema and television, clips which demonstrate some of the scams and schemes that Joe Kerrigan and I talk about over on Hacking Humans. We've got some fun clips to share, so stay tuned. We'll be right back after this message from our show sponsor. My clip this week comes from a regular Hacking Humans listener, Steve Bolton, who sent us an email saying, quote, I guarantee, or your money back, that you'll love Hustle. It's a BBC TV series about a crew of con artists playing the long con, end quote. And he's right. Hustle ran from 2004 to 2012 and was nominated for Outstanding Directorial Achievement in 60-Minute Television by the Directors Guild of Great Britain. This episode is Season 1, Episode 1, and is called The Con is On and directed by Bharat Nauri, a successful British TV director with lots of titles under his belt, but probably most famous to our audience for the movie The Crow Salvation in 2000. And just as an aside, here's the summary review from Rotten Tomatoes. Quote, The Crow Salvation adds nothing new to the series and is plagued by bad acting and dialogue, end quote. Ouch, that hurts. But this show, Hustle, is really good. What is it with British TV shows that like to break the fourth wall? Anytime a character does something interesting and then turns to the camera to let the audience in on it, I love that. The show stars Adrian Lester, a perennial British TV star. He plays the inside man, the long con planner. Mark Warren, another perennial British TV star, but probably best famous to our audience for the HBO show Band of Brothers. He plays the rookie, the new member of the team who was learning how to play the long con. And Robert Vaughn, famous for appearing in the original Magnificent Seven Western back in the 1960s with Yul Brynner but probably is most famous to our audience for the original TV show, Man From U.N.C.L.E. In this show, he is the roper. He finds the victims and cultivates them. In this clip, Robert Vaughn has roped in the victim by claiming to find a wallet on the floor next to him in a hotel bar. He had been researching him for weeks, discovered that he is one of the top 500 richest people in London, a penny pincher, and is not above skirting the laws to make a few extra pounds. After some negotiation about what to do with the wallet, they agree to return it to the owner in his room. Now, this is the setup. The owner of the wallet is really the long con planner of our team. He is dressed expensively and elegantly, and he conveys the general idea that he is wealthy, and he talks first. Here's to you, gentlemen. I didn't think there were any honest men left in the world. (laughs) One or two. (laughs) Well, here's to honest men. Hmm. You must let me thank you properly. No, 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 we wouldn't hear of it. Even if it's only the cab fare home. Excuse me. At this point, there's a knock on the hotel room door. A man hands over a briefcase to the long con planner who makes a big point to open it in plain view of his two guests, showing a stack of money. 
and then closes the briefcase, dismisses the man, and places it on an end table between him and his two guests, the roper and the victim. Where were we? Oh, yes, I was trying to persuade you to take something in return for your kindness. You know, it's a strange state of affairs where one chap can't do a favor for another without money rearing its ugly head. And who knows, one day he may be in a position to do something similar for us. You know, I just might. Look, I have a suggestion. A business associate has asked me to make a small investment for him tomorrow. If you allow me, I'll put in, say, 500 pounds for you. Uh, I'll take the 500 back. You just get to keep the profit. <laughs> well, it'll have cost me nothing, but at least I'll feel happier knowing I've done something. Well, that sounds very generous. So, this is brilliant. The long con planner tells the victim that as a token of thanks and at no cost to him, he will make an investment for him. So, later, after a few days, they all meet again. As promised, gentlemen, I invested the 500 pounds on your behalf, and this is the return. I hope you're not disappointed. Oh, it must be a thousand pounds then. One thousand nine hundred and fifty, to be precise. Oh, that's quite a return. Yeah, I've had worse. Made quite a killing yourself, I'd wager, huh? So shoot me. <laughs> well, forgive me for prying, but I get the feeling there was little or no risk in this particular investment. No risk whatsoever. So, if you'll excuse me, gentlemen. I do have a meeting. Well, uh, well, wait, I mean, why don't we, uh, you know, go again? Again? Mm-hmm. Tony, Mr. Hamilton has been more than generous. Thank you. The victim here is about ready to walk out the door with his cash. It looks like the long con has failed. But then the rookie knocks on the door. Okay. All right, love, is the end. Just, uh, Excuse me. Oh, good to see you again. Excuse me, gentlemen. How are you? All right. Mr. Hamilton, I'm going to shake you by the hand. You are a very, very great man, and I'm sorry that I ever doubted you. But when I gave you that money, I did for one second consider the possibility that you could have been, well, you know, well, I can't even say it. No, no, go ahead, please. Get it off your chest. I thought you could have been one of those con men. I'm not going to see me money or him ever again, you know what I mean? Yeah, then bang! Suddenly, 400% return, just like that. Straight off. Unbelievable. I need a drink. Scotch, please, darling. I'm sorry, gentlemen. This is Mr... Redford. A client of mine. Mr Redford, this is Tony Monroe. Pleasure, Tony. Redford. And Peter Williams. Peter, how do you do? Well, I'm ready to go again, but this time I want to go bigger. Fine, but this is neither the time nor the place to... Well, I'm ready. Helen, perhaps you'd like to show Tony and Peter out? I don't know, wait, I mean, uh, if there is another deal up for grabs, well, I'd, I'd like to hear about it. And there you have it. The hook is set for the big con, which will trick the victim into displaying a huge wad of cash for the promise of an even bigger return on his investment later on. But that's the rest of the show. Rick, that is a fun clip uh, for sure. Um, can did you, you just can you did you know about that show, Dave? Did you no. know about it before? I had never heard of it before. Yeah, no.
No, I hadn't, uh, but I'm going to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, let's unpack the scam here. Exactly what's going on here, and and the the methods that they're using. Can you kind of walk us through what this was and why it worked? Yeah, I think there's a couple of layers there, right? The the first one, okay, in the bar in the initial part of the scene, when Robert Vaughn find you know pretends that he finds the wallet full of cash at the bar, asks the the victim, you know, does he was it his? That kind of sets the small hook into him, right? Mm. Uh, and and plays into it that, and he knows because he's been re- researching him all that time that the guy is gonna uh, is. Kind of the kind of person that would just take the money if it was up to him, right? So oh, that's the that's the first part, right? Mm-hmm. And then they kind of do it over and over again, right? The the, the middle part of this, when the uh, the planner says, "Hey, I'm just going to give you some cash because you were nice to me." There was no risk in the victim at all. All he had to do was see if it would play out. So the next day, when they came back and he hands them the cash, he's about ready to walk out the door. Think, and then, you know, the, the con folks are saying, oh, my goodness, all right, it looks like we're going to lose this one. But then the rookie comes in and tells him what a great man he is, and that sets the big hook for the long con. I, I, so layers upon layers of setting small hooks into the victim, I think. Mm-hmm. And ultimately it works. And uh, I'm well, trying to think of what— <laughs> you know, it's a TV show. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of what some of the risks here would be for them to— to get uh, detected, but then also, you know, if you were, for the ultimate victim here, where along the pathway could they have figured out that something was amiss? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't see, they had to be a little um, uh, prone to a little bit of risk because this next stage of it is he's going to put his own money into the investment part, right? So Mm -hmm. that's where he would back out. And I think the, the fear for the con artist is, that he would have walked out the door with that initial, you know, cash, not not agreeing to the long con, right? And they, right. we didn't talk about that in this show, but it took him a week to get enough cash to put in the kitty to convince them to come along, right? So they oh, would have been out all of that money, yeah. Right, right. So the 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 money that they were using to convince the mark that yeah. this was a huge return on their investment, they could have been out that cash. Yep, exactly right. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's one more point to this that I, I found amusing. Uh, the first time that the long con planner meets the rookie, he doesn't want to have anything to deal with him. And the rookie mentions, you know, the sting, okay, the movie, the sting, you know, it's all about long cons. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you caught that in the clip, but when he introduced him to the victim in that clip, he called him Mr. Redford. And Robert Redford was the actor in The Sting, right? Yes, so. <laughs> I did notice that. I did. Don't, I didn't make the connection, but I definitely the the name Mr. Redford uh, made my ears perk up for, yeah. for exactly what you're describing there. But I did not connect the two. That's a fun little. Yeah. Fun little thing there, for sure. Little, little piece of trivia there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, a uh, great uh, clip, and uh, we will have a link to that in the show notes. Um, my clip this week, uh, actually a bit more lighthearted, and, and I actually went to the away from the silver screen to the TV screen for mine. Uh, Rick, are you a fan of the classic uh, TV show Cheers? Oh, are you kidding? In fact, uh, the wife and I have been re-watching Cheers uh, during the pandemic just to have something light to watch. Yeah, we love it. Yeah, yeah. It's a good show. I mean, it's. Uh, I think like a lot of shows from that era, you know, some parts of it hold up better than others. But, yeah, uh, you know, no no doubt they had a, a really sharp uh, set of writers and also a great cast. Um, and there was a recurring character on Cheers 
whose name was Harry the Hat. You yes. remember Harry the Hat? Uh, I didn't, too. We showed the clip today, but, yeah, I totally remember him now, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was played by the great Harry Anderson, who, of course, yeah. went on to host Night Court. Um, and Harry Anderson, you know, before he got into being an actor, before he—, he I, Well, I suppose the reason he got this part on Cheers was that he was a kind of a street, mu- uh, street magician. You know, he yeah. was the guy who would do the— the three card Monty, the yeah. you know the balls and cups and and all that kind of stuff. Um, and on Cheers, that was his character. Harry the Hat was a guy who would come into the bar and uh, basically scam people out of something or other. Um, and this is uh, from later in the run of Cheers. This is from season six. Uh, this is the tease to the show, which is the the first little short clip that they show before they roll the credits for the show. And it involves Harry Hat coming into the bar at Cheers uh, and greeting uh, some of the bar regulars here. Let me roll the clip. Cheers is filmed before a live studio audience. Marky, pour me a beer. Uh-oh, Nami, flim flam a lit. <laughs> hey, guys, how you doing? Pretty good, Harry. Good to see you. It's been a long time. How long has it been? Well, two to ten with time off for good behavior. <laughs> oh, boy, I need change for this 50. You need change? Maybe I can help you, huh? Uh, <laughs> great. Hey, hold it, hold it. Oh, come on, guys. Give me a break. I'm a reformed man. Oh, uh, yeah? Well, maybe you wouldn't mind if we monitored this little transaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't mind at all. <laughs> okay, you got 50 bucks. Here's one, two, three, four, five. Norm, what time is it? 11. 11? 12, 13, 14. Gee, my watch must be fast. I got uh, 11.25. 26, 27, 28. Cliff, you have not aged a day. How old are you? Well, it's 39. 39. 40, 41, 42. Wait, you can't be that old. When were you born? 47. 48, 49, 50. There you go, Barkeep. Thank you. Good to see you, guys. Yeah. Hey, Sam, long time no see. What was Harry the Hat doing here? He just came in for a beer. Oh. And some change. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, it's just one of those fun uh, recurring characters that uh, brought a little color to, uh, to Cheers. Um, but let's unpack exactly what he was doing here. I mean, Harry, he was—he was the scam. Is that he was confusing the person who was giving him change, and obviously they set this one up in a fun, funny way, made it intentionally funny. That you know, even though all of the the guys from Cheers were trying to pay attention to uh, Harry the Hat, I mean, he had their number, and yeah. he was far more sophisticated than them. Let's point that out. They knew something was going to happen, decided they were going to watch it like a hawk, and it still happened, all right? right. So that's the, I love that. <laughs> right, right. Which, you know, of course, for here, you know, comedic effect, but but I think the point is that somebody who's good at this sort of thing uh, can do it. They they do it so smoothly and so confidently. Um, and, you know, in this case, he's just uh, messing, messing with the numbers as he counts out dollar bills to try to make change. Um, and this is a recurring technique. We this the, the, like a second or third time we've seen this in our hacking humans goes to the movies, where the con artist uh, gets involved in a complicated transaction right. and manipulates the numbers so that the victim doesn't know they've been scammed. Right. So, I, right. Um, so a recurring a theme here we got. 
Yeah, and I think part of the key to this, well, obviously, there's the confidence in the person doing it. Confidence, mm-hmm. con man, confidence How game, about right? <laughs> um, but also, this I is think re- this... This is the reason I would not do well here, okay? Because I, yeah. I would I would have that all over my face. I know they're seeing me, you know, change the numbers. I would just have that. <laughs> right, right. But I think also the speed at which he does it. You know, he yeah, just, he's course, so yeah. quick. He's so, nobody has time to catch up. And catch on to what he's doing. Yeah, even um, if you say, "Hey, was that something?" But by then he's moved on to the you know the next numbers, and no one you know you're not paying attention anymore. Right, right? So, and he's yeah. out the door. He's yeah, gone. Door. You know, by the time and, and as Sam comes in at the end uh, and, and realizes <laughs> that the jig is up, and I guess uh, you know Harry the Hat got away with probably about twenty five bucks or so. Yeah, if he's, uh, just, like if he's just getting a beer, it's okay. Oh, he's making change. Oh, I got to go chase him down. Okay, so. <laughs> right, exactly. Right, exactly. Because Sam is the one yeah. who uh, knows what's up, who yeah, knows exactly. what's up. All right. Well, again, uh, sort of a, a lighthearted clip, not as serious as some of the other ones we've had, but I think it's a, a fun illustration of one of the things that uh, yeah, that you do one. see scammers using against, uh, I think this one is, as in this scene, I think this is particularly done with folks like bartenders. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and in also, a crowded um, bar? In a crowded yeah. bar? And, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. I've seen this one used against folks uh, who are running the register at convenience stores also. Yeah, yeah. You know, people who are busy counting out change and all that kind of stuff. All right. Well, we will have a link to that clip in the show notes as well. Uh, We want to thank all of you for listening. That is our show. We want to thank the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute for their participation. You can learn more at isi.jhu.edu. The Hacking Humans podcast is proudly produced in Maryland at the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our senior producer is Jennifer Iben. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie. I'm Dave Bittner. And I'm Rick Howard. Thanks for listening. 